Well, hello there. Welcome back to Myth Takes. This is the first official episode of 2020. We had a uh, holiday special um, in the very, very beginning of, of January, but that was not necessarily pertaining to our main storyline. And then, of course, you know, we took our traditional one week or one episode off just to give us some time. Uh, and now here we are uh, getting ready for a new year uh, of Scavengers Network and of Myth Takes. The stakes are getting higher. And before we can do that, uh, we've got to do some some bunker break stuff. Uh, you know, the bunker breaks aren't going to be in between every arc necessarily. Uh, but I think it, it's going to arise whenever it becomes necessary for a character that we'll be seeing later. Or sometimes in this situation, it's when it arrives and it's kind of a thing of, well, should we have done this before? But the answer is no. And, I, and we'll, we'll, we'll find that out why later. Alex Taylor is on this call with me. Alex, how are you today? Colin. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for calling into NPR. Um, we are here doing an investigative report on. No, okay. Uh, you gotta be a, well, you have to be a little quieter. You got to be a little uh, closer yeah, to the mic. Hi. You got to be Hello. almost mumbling. Almost kind of like an ASMR, but like slightly whispering. Almost, make sure you compress ASMR, this all the way up to make more sure. Because right now ASMR I'm peaking at about like a negative 12. So if you just amplify that up to about like negative 2, but then just sure. like make it super bass boosty. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure cut to do every last bit of that. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for calling into our program here today. Sure, Colin. I'm, I've been a fan for a long time, and I'm happy to finally be a part. Yeah, we're, we're taking show. a deep dive into into a very special character by the name of Buck Harrison. Are you familiar? Buck, Buck Harrison, I am intimately familiar with this character. I'm actually the creator of this character, Mr. Buck Harrison. Yes, that is correct. That is why we indeed have you on this call today, because it would not make sense if I were to call up Sam Grezes and ask him to make a decision for Buck, that would be ludicrous. <laughs> now, well, it's a different podcast. Uh, ludicrous is also a different artist. Yeah. Um, Luda. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Alex. <laughs> uh, so let's let's chat Colin. real quick about about this. So before we get into like the fiction or, or like you know doing like a scene and everything like that. Sure. It's time for Buck to finally level up. Uh, so we've actually seen Buck in two separate arcs. Uh, by now, um, and Buck got quite and, a lot and, of and a holiday special. Uh, yes, um, and because of all of that, uh, Buck uh, definitely has the ability to level up. <laughs> uh, and he's messed up quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is true. Um, so Buck gets to level up to level four. Yeah. Um. So. Tell us, tell us what Buck is going to be taking from the playbook um, for the professional, right? The, you're a professional. Yes, you're the professional. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, tell us, tell us about this level up. What does it look like for Buck Harrison? Well, it's not like Buck automatically feels that, oh, I've gone up four levels. All of a sudden, I'm a better person. It's more of a gradual change over time, but unfortunately, oh, of course, of did course. not say, you know, from one arc to the next, which is kind of less of like a cumulative and more like after like these stacked up, then he finally, did. I don't know where I'm going with this. So, um, first thing, so Buck's kind of default stats are charm negative one, cool um, plus two, sharp plus one, tough plus one, and weird zero. So he's kind of a gruff sort of guy but he's typically not that he, he's not really a pushover and he's kind of observant but there's mm -hmm. still some things he misses every now and then and he's been through enough um he's had enough field experience to kind of stand on his own but if he he, he can only take so much damage right right Correct. and he's not a magical dude by any means so he doesn't really have any weird aspect right. of him correct so because Buck's main MO is to help people, he well, and also acting under pressure, he's had enough experience acting under pressure, I figured it would be better for him to maximize that so we could do that better. So he took one to cool. Um, I think the uh, the professional move for that is unfazable, mm, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Mm -hmm. Let me double check that real quick. Sorry to give you more stuff to have to cut out. Professional. Go into. So we have unfazable, which is plus one to cool. Max of plus three. So he's at plus three right now. So I can't take another one, right? Mm -hmm. So next level up. Um, I figured the next one 
could be Battlefield Awareness, if I could find that. Yes, yeah, so Battlefield Awareness is he takes plus one armor, um, max two armor on top of whatever he gets from his gear. So within the last arc, Buck almost died. And mm-hmm. I think he would have had a moment within that to re- realizing, you know what? Plus one armor really isn't enough. Maybe I should find some way to maximize that. And as a result, he became somewhat more Battlefield aware. Um, and then we also have, looking at the so unfazable Battlefield Awareness. And then I also took a plus one to Tough, because one of other Buck's other main moves is kicking some ass, and that is rolling Tough. This makes a lot of sense, right? Because Buck has this feeling, in a way, of like needing to be more armored and protected. Yeah. Even though for Buck, Buck is like, man, I can't believe you know I made it out of there pretty much unscathed. Um, Technically. You know, uh, right. But that's the thing, right? Like to Buck, <laughs> yes. To you, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so the, this all, I think, tracks very much with like how the narrative has gone for for Buck Harrison. Yeah. Um, and so now, Alex. Yes. We're going to do something a little fun. Uh, you have not done this yet. So let's take a look now at the extra sheet that I gave you. Uh, I just added you into the Google Doc for okay. the new custom equipment. Ooh. Now, the thing is, is you can get a new item or, uh, sorry, a, a new item or enchant an item. Now, th- the new item uh, is either going to be armor or it will be a... Um, a weapon, and then if you already have a weapon that you would like to enchant and change it, uh, or enchant just a normal everyday item, you may do so. Again, a little bit based kind of closer to how Griffin handled uh, things in Amnesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I did, I know I said it last time as well, I did genuinely look for a different way to do things, but honestly, the th- that system really just works very well. Yeah. Uh, and so I felt like, just, just use it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's something that exists. It's out there. It's the same thing as any other tabletop role-playing game, right? Certainly. Just use the resources that are in existence. Don't yeah. reinvent the wheel every five minutes. Um, exactly. So, Alex, uh, before we make it work narratively, let's talk about what new item or item that you have that you would like Buck to enchant. So, what does Buck want? You know... That's a good question. You know, Buck doesn't really, if I was, you know, to speak for Buck, if you were to, you know, ask me like that, whatever his name was, Polaro, whatever his name was, um, I don't know. I mean, he's got some, like, pretty strong, like, gun-toting shoot-em-ups, so I'm not, I don't, I don't don't really know. Um, Can you give me, uh, maybe give me, like, an example, or maybe, I don't know if an example would... Well, okay, so here's here's the thing, right? So you had yeah. a gun, um, but it did raise some concern with the local authorities. Okay. Um, so perhaps you want a weapon that, you know, can still, like, fire or do something, but maybe, I mean, not to sound like I'm stealing something from Ruby, you know, the anime series, but, like, maybe you have an item that doesn't look like a gun, but it also does shoot. Or, so, like, you know, Chekhov's gun. Kind of, but I mean, like, ow. Um, <laughs> like a literal. No, but I mean, like, maybe, maybe it's like a thing that, like, you know, looks like something else, and you know, by flipping a switch or whatever, it, it changes into a weapon or something. You know, something that's more conspicuous, something that's a little yeah. bit more spy-like. Yeah, I mean, he's at this point in, in I guess Buck's own development. I think he, at this point, he would feel like he's kind of done enough for himself and his own self-growth that. Mm. His next step forward would be probably figuring out ways he could help more help people more consistently mm. rather than just relying on literally a dice roll to see if he actually you know helps people. Um, but then the question would that be more of a um, preventative thing? So like taking away from the harm or more I'm trying to find the I mean that to me does sound a little bit like that. I mean, you know, if you want some sort of uh, like shield of some sort, um, whether it's a like kind of miniature uh, miniature barrier or uh, like you know like some sort of energy shield, you know anything that like you know really speaks to you. Like it sounds to me as if your whole main goal is to keep people safe and to protect them. Yeah. Um, so whether it's armor that armors you so that you can stand in front of them, or if it's you know something that you can use to try and block damage from hitting anybody else. Um, 
you know, I think that that feels very much in line with Buck Harrison. I think it could. I like the idea of a shield, but I guess my my worry is the utility of it. You know, I guess I'm thinking back to games like Rainbow Six Siege, where you have the characters like Monty or Blitz, where they have the shields that carry them right in front of them, and they kind of either charge into battle or it's kind of like block in front of people. I don't know if an energy shield would necessar- necessarily fit the aesthetic of it, but I like I like that idea. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, um, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be like energy. Like if you wanted something yeah. where it's like, you know, you press a button and like within one second, it can like pop out like a giant metal shield. So if shield. there was a way we could work it out to have something set up a D, some kind of mobile like shield thing, that might be. Okay. So here, here's, yeah. here's an idea. So, you know, the, the barriers that you put down in Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Um, what if you could have something that like that, but it's just more like a capsule that you throw, yeah. and once it lands, it automatically lo- like propels itself up, like it's kind of like pops up. So like you throw something on the ground, it goes, and then it's just up. It just pops up. Yeah. So like, right. uh, I, I guess I guess what would be a word for it? like a shield grenade? Well, it's not really a grenade, but shield I mean, ball. Honestly, what if like just like a shield launcher or something like that? Of uh, yeah. like like a sh- or just or honestly just like a shield attachment. And the idea is that like you know you can launch it you know, two feet in front of you or, you know, halfway across the battlefield to protect someone. Yeah, I like that, actually. Okay, cool. So if that's what you would like, um, let's do... Okay, so roll 2d6 for me and add okay. one to whatever you get. Uh, so if I add one to it, I got a 10. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so what we're doing is we are adding the barrier tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really, like... Uh, and also quick, sorry, because that's that's the only way that I think it's going to really w- operate in that. Yeah. Um, but at, at that point, you know, again, we already have this idea of kind of how it works. Um, but you can select uh, one good tag here uh, from this list, uh, and you can add that to it to add something, you know, to it that is... Um, Sure. That, that just sort of changes it. Or if there's a, if there's an idea that you have for a tag that isn't on that list, we can always add it as well. Sure. Well, I like. I'm kind of on the fence about the um, innocuous because if the goal is to protect someone, then maybe it would want to draw attention. Mm, okay. So innocuous would make make it maybe like you know it even helps the kind of like the way that the shields pop up. Maybe the gun does the same thing. So, like, you essentially have this I, this whole weapon that if a cop pats you down, it doesn't look like you just have this assault weapon. Yeah. But then if you really need to, in a battle, you know, you can whip out this gun that also has a shield attachment to it, or a shield launcher, rather. Yeah, so then the, the projectiles would draw attention, but not um, narratively uh, No, actually, I'll, you know what, though? It's, sure. It'll be... Like, even though this isn't necessarily on there, because it's innocuous, it doesn't draw... Like, if you were to shoot a shield across the field yeah. um, because it has that innocuous, I'm going to say that because it's something that pops up, it's, like, not noticeable in, like, the heat of battle. So, like, yeah. some like if, uh, if, um, if you launch it across the field to protect someone, the monster's yeah. not going to hear that shield launch. And, like, it's not going to get its attention and, you know, take its attention to whoever you're trying to shield. That makes it'll sense. Be, it'll be kind of almost like a silenced weapon, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, that that kind of makes the whole thing innocuous, both the weapon and the shield. I like that. Okay. And now that we have, uh, made that now I I would like to double check here. Um, I I would like to ask, do you have a name for this weapon? Um, you know, I've been trying to think of something cool. Um, nothing's really sticking. I mean, it is a shield launcher attachment. Mm-hmm. to an assault rifle um i can't i don't know i'm trying to think of like something okay okay not to necessarily name anything for you but i just thought of something very funny okay. at least to me so remember okay. we're making this something that is now concealable yeah and it's a shield launcher so what about Conshield? you know that, that does kind of fall into my uh naming conventions of just f- smashing words together that's kind of what i was thinking Conshield. yeah shield and it's kind of like concealed as well, so it's also a pun. I like it. We'll go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I like the thing is like I feel like 
anyone else, I, w- I would not give that option to. But I was like, you know, you like to mash up words. You like to make uh, essentially, not necessarily puns, but just but like. puns. Yeah, but also and, like yeah. very interesting <laughs> wordplay. Um, or just, I, I kind of take the scattergun approach where just let me just throw words together and see what fits. But in this case, it wasn't me. It was you. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that thing of when you spend as much time together as we have over the years, you kind of start to like figure them out, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. Cause the, the other, the big thing is that what I'm trying to do is, is we're going to be doing a website. Uh, we're going to be doing a website update very soon and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's some interesting stuff that's coming to the mid takes page. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I'm going to do is I'm going to try and keep an active updated, uh, special equipment, um, list kind of situation um, for, for every character and I think it'd be f- more fun if all of them are named uh, you know because like if I'm just like you know assault rifle with shield launcher right like that's okay that's something but it's not fun necessarily like to say but like if I'm like the con shield yeah. uh, the con shield weapon kind of thing right like then yeah. it's like oh ha 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 I get it very yeah. silly um, so yeah okay. it's a joke it's a, yeah, there you go. A joke. <laughs> uh, and now, with the, all of that said and done, Alex, let's get into, you know, your actual bunker break scene here. Sure. Um, with Buck and Hank. It's been a little while since we've seen Buck. Buck has been on some other missions since then. So far, nothing big. Nothing that is at all close to the last mission that we saw Buck on. There haven't been any portal openings in about a month or so. The holidays have come and gone. We have had a lot of teams go out into the field to take care of some smaller situations. And in the meantime, Buck, you, you feel fairly well rested even though you've been busy. Not that long ago, in between missions, Hank had a question for you. Hank asked you about the last big mission that we did all see, and you know that he was kind of pressing with a lot of questions, but it definitely had a point, though. One of his big Mm -hmm. things after the end of that conversation was that he was planning on doing a little bit of tinkering, and he wanted to work on something special for you, and had asked you about what would be important to you in the field that could make things easier for you. Mm. You tell him the things that you're kind of looking for, like, you know, that you want to protect people, that that's sort of your main goal. And after, you know, about a week or so, Hank comes in one day and asks if he can see your assault rifle. You hand it over to him and he says, you know, give me, give me a few hours. And so that's where we find you. It's a few hours later and you get a notification Uh, a text message that says uh, to head down to the firing range. And so we watch you head out kind of like, okay, I'm assuming this is to pick up my gun. Um, And that's where we find you now. You are now in the firing range. You are the only one in the room. In one of the lanes, uh, like basically every lane is empty, but Mm. what you do end up seeing What you see in front of you is a table that is empty except for two things. On the right-hand side of it is a box of ammo. In the dead center of the table is a flashlight and a letter right next to it, a little piece of paper that just says, enjoy the test run, Hank. What do you do? I think at at this point, Buck is thinking, you know, he... He he tinkers on my gun and he can't even give me a demonstration. <laughs> it just leaves a letter, walks away. All the the whole mysterious bit. I've been working with him for how long? How long? Like 20, 30 years, and he's still doing this mysterious bit. But Buck is also confused because he he sees a flashlight, and he's not not sure if he should take this as a hint. You know how old people will have like the the reading light so they can like read menus and stuff. And he's like, you know what? I I know my vision's not as good as it used to be, but that's he. Didn't have to be as upfront as that. He's looking at the flashlight. He's kind of like spinning it around, and he's just not really sure what to do with it. What do, uh, What does Buck see on the flashlight? Uh, what Buck sees is basically exactly what you were describing. Um, you see, it looks like a fairly normal handheld 
uh, flashlight. I mean, it's it's not like a, a really really tiny one, right? It's it is literally like the you know the like the length of you know your palm, um, and uh, it just looks kind of like a kind of standard industrial flashlight, um, and it has a button on it on the side um, that has like a power symbol on it, uh, and it the, the the flashlight part of it clearly looks like it's LED. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it is the same color as your weapon. Okay. So Buck is going to... It, it takes a look around this flashlight thing, notices the button on it, and presses it. Immediately, there is a whirring sound, and the flashlight actually kind of opens up and essentially starts to unpack itself. And instead of a flashlight, instead of turning on, sitting in front of you now uh, on the table is your weapon. And you hear the door behind you open, and Hank walks in and he says, Hey, Buck, uh, glad to see that you figured it out pretty quickly there. Uh, I made this little handy, handy-dandy weapon here for you. Um, I know that we sometimes go into heavy populated areas and... It's probably getting difficult to take all your weapons with you, so felt maybe something that might make this look a little uh, inconspicuous to, you know, the average viewer. Uh, uh, and it, it also has a fancy little new attachment for you that I think you're going to enjoy quite a lot. Not a question for you. Mm-hmm. Does it come with batteries? Well, n- no. It, it The actual flashlight is it, so, so it's itself, a flashlight, and it doesn't come with batteries. Well, okay, so what is this Amazon the flashlight? <laughs> listen, Buck, I've I spent a good amount of time working on this thing. I've made this impossible item for you, and I think the least that you could do is pick it up. And I want you to do something here for me. I want you to check this thing out. Um, okay. All right, now just sort of aim it at the at the target down there. Okay. But instead of pulling the trigger. I would like you to hit the little toggle switch that's on the left-hand side right here. And he points to it. Okay. Uh, do you do it? Yes. I'm going to hit the toggle switch. Okay. And you hit it, and you hear a thump. And you barely even notice it or see it. There is a small attachment on the underside of the barrel. And from that, a small capsule flies through the air and lands just directly in front of the target. And within a second, basically, you blink your eyes, and all of a sudden there is a barrier, a, a essentially like a tactical shield mm. uh, sitting right where you were aiming at. Uh, and it is big enough for two people to get behind and kind of, you know, take cover. Um, and... Uh, Hank says to you, I know that your, you know, last big mission was kind of a, kind of a big one, kind of a doozy. So I felt like maybe having some extra protection, whether for the people around you or, you know, maybe for yourself even might help. Just, it just might help, uh, I guess, uh, you know, and, you know, not to keep kind of bringing it up, but you're, you're doing okay these days, right? You know, I haven't really... I guess we haven't really checked in much. Yeah, I mean, it. I, this past month has been kind of a nice break. You know, not any major missions, but I don't think I've exerted myself too much. Sure, sure. And you feel fine? Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, hey, that's that's important. You know, I just, I want to mm-hmm. make sure people what do you, are... What are you, are you, what are you getting, getting at? What? Oh no! You know, it just it's uh, some of these missions are dangerous. Are you, are you saying I'm old? No. <laughs> Look, is that if, why this is that why this looks like a reading listen, line? If you're old, then I'm old. Fair. You know, so let's 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 all remember that. I'm I'm definitely I'm I'm the most senior person here. So if I call you old, then you know that's just me dunking on myself. Um, no, I just you know it's more of, I mean you know I'm not, I'm not saying that age doesn't play into it. It's just a matter of. Well, you know, people like us, we don't have magical abilities, so... Fair. A gun can kind of only do so much to protect, and so, you know, I just, I felt like sometimes maybe you might need extra protection, 
Yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that. I mean, in our kind of default arsenal, there isn't really anything to protect or actively protect anybody. And especially if it's a situation where, like, there's something on, like, if there's something closer to someone on our side than I am to them, then that's a problem. You know, I can't actively protect someone that I'm far away from. Right, right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to end up in a situation where you're getting, you know, hurt this badly. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, anyway, Buck, uh, I just wanted to give you this kind of cool new toy and yeah. everything. And it's been kind of quiet, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was giving you the best tools for when you're out in the field. Make sure that you're okay. Um because sometimes things don't go the way that you expect them to. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. Um, like, sometimes you really think that you know exactly what's going to happen, and just, like, it, you know, everything kind of goes sideways, and suddenly you're kind of like, what in the... You know, you're just sort of having to reevaluate, I suppose. Certainly. So, um, hey, look, I, I've, I think I've got a mission for you to, okay. to take care of. Something, not not anything big or anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, just something small. Sure. Um, I'd like to send you out somewhere, um, but, like, you know, if I send you out, right, that's not taking you... Uh, like, you'll be fine, right? Not like not like sending out to the farm. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. just, I'm sending you, yeah, no, I'm yeah, sending yeah, you out yeah, the yeah, field. Yeah, you're just giving you crap, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to make sure to, you know, take, take it easy on, on, um, well, you know, I've just been trying not to give people too many missions in a row. Sure. Is, I guess is, is, yeah, that's probably yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that I've got a team to go with you, because obviously I'm not gonna send you out in the field on your own. Okay, uh, well, um, where, where am I going? Well, that's the thing. I'm, I gotta send you back somewhere that you've already been. Um, okay. This is again not something planned. I just some like I said, sometimes things don't go the way you expect them to, and I, we have a resource that is still out there in the field, and I feel like it would be advantageous for us to take advantage of it and to go get it. Sure. So. uh Buck, I'm gonna have to send you back to Grace Falls. Grace Falls, okay. You know, uh, so what? Just, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Well, Buck, here's the thing. I, I just think that even though I can tinker around a little bit, I think that we need. I think we need a better quartermaster, and the best one that I know, he got left behind in Grace Falls. Actually, um, Buck. You don't. This none of this is sounding familiar to you, huh? Mm, not. I mean, there were the people we met in the field, but I can't remember anyone we necessarily left behind. Hmm. Okay. Because no one. This I mean, is, it was just me, really, that came back. Well, okay. You, you still haven't told me who I'm going after. Hank smiles at you, and he tosses a, you know, small screen to you, like a little, kind of like a tablet of sorts. Um, and it's got, you know, like a file open and it's a, it's a dossier of sorts. Can I actually, uh, do a quick act under pressure? Sure. To see if you catch it. I got a one. Okay. Well, that's impossible. <laughs> uh, actually, so, no, it's two out of 12, right? That's what I'm doing. Ramp.org. Yeah. Uh, let me try that again. That was a two. Okay. I feel like you're doing this just so you can drop it, no, I <laughs> but will, that's okay. No, let me, let me, I will do a print, a print screen. Shit. Well. I just got a three for to see how good I threw it. So, um, so between the two of us, yeah, it goes very poorly. He, I, what happens is I, you know, Hank tosses it with his left hand uh, instead of his right hand, and, and I it catch just completely. It with my, I, I try to catch it with my right hand because I assumed you were he, that because Buck assumed that Hank was going to throw it with his right hand. Right, and it's just because he's holding his cup of coffee is like is why, and then he goes, I don't know why, I just I'm so sorry, as you know, as you have to. Go pick it up and everything like that. But he apologizes like as he's throwing it. He's like, yeah, he's well, like, oh, I'm so well, sorry. The, it's what do you thing mean? Of, you know when you know the second you throw something and you realize it's not going to go where you thought. Yeah. Or where you're aiming. Yeah. The second he let go of that thing, he realized what he did. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, so I'm so sorry, Buck. Uh, mm-hmm. And so as you pick it up and you kind of, you know, brush off the screen and look at the dossier, you're going after an old friend. Hank begins to leave the shooting range. But at the doorway, he stops, and he turns back to look at you. And he says, 
But I just wanted to say, uh, I know that I've not had a great track record uh, between the two of us, especially, and over the years, and I'm just, I just want to say I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to be here, and yeah, you're right, It's it's been tough, especially with all these newer faces, not, you're not like, I mind all the, all the extra help, but it's, things have gotten pretty heavy, but I'm, I'm glad we're still here. I only ever anticipated a couple of them, but I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe it's not so bad to face the apocalypse with more than just, you know, a friend. Maybe having a whole bunch of them might make things go a little smoother. So we can all die together. Your optimism has always been the backbone of this organization, Buck. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to Myth Takes 2020. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, I just have a very brief message this week, and that is to say thank you to you, the listeners. I want to specifically also thank all of our Patreon patrons, Uh, You all are incredible, and because of you, we were able to pay our creators uh, here at the Scavengers Network in the year of 2019, Um, and that means that we are more than just sustainable. It's not a full-time job yet, but hey, we're getting there, so thank you so much to all of you, and especially our Patreon crew. So thank you to Amity Armstrong, Bob Orr, Brits on Bikes, my mom, Colin O'Brien, Daniel Miners, Daniel Spencer, Greg Knopf, The High Rollcast, Jessica Duell, Caitlin McDougal, Katie Diddy, Laura Sanner, Matt McGuire, New Matt, Stephen Meter, and Ty V. Thank you all so much for helping support the Scavengers Network. Uh, it really means the world to me, and I know it means the world to them as well. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast Unnatural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh warmed pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about. And that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. That advertisement was for the Scavengers Network show called Unnatural 20s. They are still pretty new to the Scavengers Network. We love having them here. And you can actually hear me guest starring on this week's, um, on this past Monday, rather. Uh, You can hear me on their newest episode. So, hey, that's some cool crossover stuff. Check it out. Okay, that's going to do it for us here on the ad break. Pretty short and sweet this time around. As always, please hit us up on Twitter at MythTakesCast. Give us your theories. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what kind of weapons you want to see, what kind of armor, what kind of special equipment that you would like to see given to characters. And who knows? Maybe it'll get picked up. Maybe it'll be something that happens. Um, so once again, at MythTakesCast, and you could find yourself having a character named after you like Jeff Riggs, like... Kimberly Elizabeth, like George Diaz, like Victoria. Uh, There's a lot of great people on our Twitter account hitting us up all the time, and we have quite a few characters named after them. Got a couple new arcs coming your way pretty soon here in, like, uh, well, just a couple weeks. (laughs) So, you know, get in now, and you may find yourself having a character named after you. This episode is dropping to you on January 30th, which means that the next time you will hear from us will be February 13th, just the day before Valentine's Day. You get spooky, and then you get romantic. Let's keep this bunker break train moving right along, and we'll see you on the other side. Well, hello, Graham. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Colin. How about yourself? I am doing very well. It's been a while since we've heard... It's been a while... No, since we've heard from you, uh, (laughs) and since we've heard from Lucy. I know. Um, 
Yeah, you're right. You're very correct. Yeah, <laughs> like basically, like you know, we've we've heard from you though in the Myth Takes live show. That's right. Um, but oh that was my the God, last that was time. So much fun, <laughs> wasn't it? I'm I'm excited for this year and getting uh, at least one more of those, if not more, going. Um, but this year in 2020, in the year of 2020, the year of our Lord Luigi, um, mm-hmm. we rat. we have yet to hear from from you and Lucy, and I think it's high time that we fix that. All right. So first things first, let's talk about uh, Lucy leveling up. Um, you are going to be leveling up to level three. Cool. Cool. So let's talk about, have you, have you taken a look at the book? I'm assuming I have. Okay. So Lucy has leveled up to level three. Um, so that means that you can take two of these advancements that you'll see, Mm -hmm. um, or improvements, I'm sorry, uh, within the, you know, within your playbook. Uh, so what, what are you thinking? How are you feeling, uh, you know, for Lucy here? So I've gotten caught up on, or kind of listened to like what other people were picking, kind of, the, the, those, these scenes have been pretty fun. I like that they're kind of short. They're very, I don't know, what you were saying earlier, they're very humanizing. They're, it's kind of just self-reflection. And I like that sort of thing within like a narrative structure. Um, and you know, I'm going to go with what a lot of other people were doing. Uh, my first advancement, I'm just going to take a toughness plus one. Okay. And does that set you at plus two now or plus three? That's plus three. Okay, so you are now maxed out on tough. I am very tough. I punch things good. <laughs> and what is your second improvement? So I've thought about this for a good bit. Um, I've also peeked at some some of the other playbooks and kind of seen what other other characters can get. Other I don't know um, other moves basically. And uh, because one one of my improvements is take a move from another playbook. Now, of course, not all of them make sense to take. Like, I, I, I was looking at the, um, it's like the monstrous playbook, mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> all of those moves would make no sense for my character to have. Right, yeah, for an angel to have, it would be very <laughs> peculiar, for sure. To have, like, a giant claws or right. whatever. <laughs> Unless you have some sort of narrative thing that, you know, you want to yes. set forth, you know, of course. But yep. um, within what we've set forth for Lucy yeah. so far, it currently yeah, That would be a little out of yeah. character. <laughs> So instead, uh, I would like to take the expert's precise strike. Interesting. Okay, one moment. I'm going to go look that up. The expert, oh, the next one down. Precise strike. Why don't you read that out for us? So it's when you inflict harm on a monster, you can aim for a weak spot. Roll plus tough. On a 10 plus, you inflict plus two harm. On seven through nine, inflict plus one harm. On a miss, you leave yourself open for the monster to hit you. So okay. if I'm if I'm reading this correctly... It seems like it is a tough roll on top of a another tough roll for um, kick some ass. Correct. Yes. Also, if you're like a, a Mr. Jack Patillo uh, <laughs> and you like to know the odds, um, yeah. Hey, I this, Graham. Yeah. I think I think I know where you're going with this. Did you yeah. know that seven is the most commonly rolled number, but two d six? Yeah, and then, uh, if you take that seven, and if you uh, add my plus three and tough, uh, that's an average of a ten plus. You know, that's that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, now, Graham. Yes. We have handled the leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just real quick, as just I guess as a narrative thing, uh, I'm assuming that the toughness just sort of comes from being a tried and true uh, battling angel or divine. Yeah, the, the longer I am, the longer I'm on this whatever, this this earth, this plane, wherever, the longer I am summoned, the stronger I become because I'm I'm, I don't know. I'm grown more accustomed to where I am now. I'm right. You're Superman absorbing the the yellow yeah. sun's radiation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. Okay. And so then, precise strike. I'm guessing that's just a matter of training and like learning to be more accurate. Or you know, how how did that necessarily come about for Lucy? So it it due to a cascade of her other abilities. One of them being. Uh, what I need when I need it, the ability to store small objects. I've like I, I sort of added on the side that Lucy kind of just keeps a small library of books that she effectively can pull out at any point in time because it's like in this other whatever magical space. Um, so effectively, she's taken an affinity to reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this downtime, uh, she's picked up uh, Sir Arthur Doyle's uh, Sherlock Holmes and. 
taken a liking to uh, Holmes and his many adventures and the particular martial art that Mr. Holmes is an expert in, mm-hmm. known as uh, Baritsu. <laughs> okay. So if you had to guess, Colin, what do you think Baritsu is? I don't know, but considering how you're pronouncing it, it sounds as if it might be from uh, on the other side of the of the world from us. You'd be right about that in multiple uh, <laughs> stances. Uh, I believe. If you look it up um, on Wiki- yeah, mm-hmm. I believe. If I'm not mistaken, like just sort of guessing off the back of my or whatever, like you know what I mean. Like I, I I'm guessing that just sort of off of context clues. Um, You know, basically Conan Doyle, um, basically he kills off Holmes at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Holmes, you know, plunges to his death over a waterfall during a struggle Mm -hmm. with Moriarty. Um, Maybe. Right. So I'm assuming that it's essentially um, this Japanese system of wrestling. Um, Close. You know, basically, it's like a special grip and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. And like that's sort of like how he explains his way of like surviving the fall. Um, I mean, that's just sort of like a wild guess off the top of my head. See, the funny thing is that the uh, <laughs> he actually misspells it. <laughs> the actual formal term is called Bartitsu, but I'm calling it Baritsu because, right, that's, because what that's what it's <laughs> written as yeah. Arthur Doyle calls it. <laughs> so the weird thing is that this form of martial art I want to use quotes because it's really not uh, its own martial art. It's like right. a crude combination of judo, jujitsu. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce all of these: Schwinjin, savante, or savate, boxing, and cane fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It was a a form of martial art taught in like the late 1800s, early 1900s in uh england that was literally supposed to be a like a common person's like martial art it definitely is the kind of martial art that was practiced as people would say bully bully yeah it's it's you're walking with your cane and someone comes out and tries to take your wallet and you go oh by god i would never and then you start batting them with your cane because you have a mustache that's like twice the size of your face yeah for sure yeah (laughs) i just think it's the most goofy Like martial art, it involves kicking, boxing, wrestling, throwing, cane fighting. (laughs) I'm like, that. That is what Lucy is drawn to because it makes no sense. Uh, This very inhuman, uh, like, whatever. This this Sherlock Holmes character obviously is, is, thinks very highly of it. And I don't know, Sherlock Holmes is great. So Lucy's like, that. I'm going to learn that (laughs) and become an expert at. English men, whatever, noble mm-hmm. fighting. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is pretty funny. I, I like that. I like this choice for you. This is very good. <laughs> um, and I also love it because I feel like a lot of what Lucy is, is Lucy very much is based off of your ability, like you as Graham, uh, your ability to just sort of pull facts and, like it's not even necessarily pop culture like you you definitely like frequently surprise me with like the most random facts or tidbits or just like random things that you pull inspiration from and it's very interesting to see um and that's and i realize that in a way that sounds like i'm being like yeah it's real interesting no but i mean like seriously you know because um how often have you ever dealt with an angel that you know is studying an art that was of fighting that was you know mentioned in Sherlock Holmes. You know what I mean like that is completely offensively. And I think <laughs> and I think it's for about 4 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very interesting to me. Um okay. So that is all fantastic and we're going to get into a scene very soon. But there is one last thing that you and I need to discuss. Okay. Um and that is the new mechanic that we have attached uh which is the ability to gain an item whether it is um armor a useful item in the field um or uh you know or a weapon or i think i already said armor but just in case because i can't remember which ones i've already said somehow mm-hmm. i have a very bad short-term memory uh so armor weapons and like useful items so you already have an enchanted weapon 
I do. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you already have a little bit of like divine armor. I um, do. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you, you know, can't improve upon both of these or add mm-hmm. on to those or, you know, go for something entirely different. So what is Lucy kind of interested in? What is something that would make Lucy even more of a formidable, uh, you know, ally in on the field? So for whatever reason, I kind of want to continue this trend of Sherlock Holmes references. Okay. Just because I think it's very goofy uh-huh. that that would be something that my character would like latch on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, investigate a mystery is one of the basic moves of the game. Right. So part of me is like, what if I had something that helped me investigate? Elementary, of course. Idiots. How could you not see that? <laughs> Elementary, my dear foolish mortals. What about like a pad and paper? Okay. Where Lucy just goes down to just just writing absurd facts. Well, you see, uh, he was clearly left-handed because when he died, uh, he was grasping onto his, his coat with his left hand with his right hand exchanged. Well, you see, that obviously means that he was left-handed because of the natural reflex of the just absurd little judgments like that. And then writing down like, oh, well, okay. Well, you see, he also had a, uh, he also had black coffee for breakfast. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. So, what would that mean narratively? And I feel like it'd be very safe just to, to flat out just whatever. I have a notebook that Lucy then like I don't know once per day or once per I don't know, uh, whenever Lucy's investigating a, t- a crime scene. Uh, she can roll investigate mystery with advantage. Like I feel like that's very safe. That's very vanilla. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's be that'd be like an item that would just be in D and D, right? Um, but we're thinking about potentially building on that, and instead, it's I can make one observation that then becomes canon. Yeah. So within like- reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Within, uh, yeah, within reason. Like, I mean, you know, again, like if you want it to be like a thing of like, oh, you know, it got injured, um, as it left, you know, then maybe that's now canon, and it's like, aha, yes, you did in fact find a piece of fur left behind, or some, you know, some sort of identifying thing that helps you solve what it is faster, or you know well clearly uh when the monster attacked the victim fought back with a spoon as you can see this trail of blood was clearly caused by a spoon wound why do i know that i don't don't bother asking it's experience but the thing is like that could be be, that could be a clue though as to like for example if it's a silver spoon right Uh that's probably why it did damage right it's like it's like well how would a spoon possibly damage it and then like you know someone can pick it up and be like oh it's silver okay okay i like i like this direction Mm -hmm. and of course like I, w- I would want it to be established that uh, whenever we are in game making these sort of gestures and stuff, may- maybe I do roll investigate a mystery, an external like an, basically it's almost like getting an extra question answered, okay, right? Because essentially I'm handing you a, an, another answer that you didn't actually ask or didn't use your initial role to ask. You know what I'm saying? And it's like a fifty percent chance at getting kind of like a out of left field. Uh, advanced success on an investigate a mystery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And so let's do this. Because this is kind of like a newer item, a newer concept, why don't you roll 2d6 for me? Okay. Tell me what you get. I got four. (laughs) Okay. Um, Hmm. All right. So then I, because of that, but because it's not like a weapon or anything like that, we're just going to add one bad tag to it. Okay. Messy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so the way I'm picturing this is that Lucy has her, her pen and paper and she is projecting out loud everything that is going through her, her head. Mm-hmm. She is uh, like word vomiting all over the crime scene, being very obnoxious, very crude, very just direct. It could incur unwanted attention Mm-hmm. It could potentially get us kicked out of a crime scene if Ooh. whatever. If I don't, I don't know. I think um, unwanted attention is actually a really that's a really good one because like if you're trying to investigate a mystery and you and this all goes south really quickly, instead of everyone getting to ask questions and like continue to poke around, you know, you've somehow 
alerted the authorities essentially that you're there and like now you have to dip so you don't get to get all the answers i think you know that that's good because like again you'll still get you know a an extra clue it's just that you'll be cutting your time short okay i think that's really cool what are you going to call this item i kind of like excuse me while i solve this mystery yeah unless anything else yeah for right now let's go with your idea of excuse me while i solve this mystery and essentially that'll be like a move that you can use yeah it's very standoffish. I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Yeah, I all like that a lot. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, it very much covers her very haughty and self-righteous opinion of herself. <laughs> 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 which which goes in line with, with, with Sherlock. Sherlock is no Sherlock is so like just unaware and just socially like just out there. <laughs> right. We fade in as we see one of the doors in the bunker open up. Lucy, you look tired. You're not usually this tired. It just feels like for whatever reason, you've been doing a lot of missions recently. And it feels as if sometimes the intel is spot on and sometimes you kind of feel left out in the wind on some of these things. You understand deep down why Hank isn't going to send a child out into the field every single time, but it feels like you get sent out a lot. And you are walking through the bunker. You're about to head back to your to your spot. You're on your way back to your room in the bunker, and you are thinking back on the mission that you just got back from. Graham, where did Lucy just come back from? I'm probably coming back somewhere from, like, uh, Washington State. Okay. Um, and what two people were you just sent out into the field with? Oh boy, Garth. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, let's say Buck went with as well. Hank was Hank was busy. It was, just, it was Buck, Garth, and uh, Lucy. Okay, I think all of that tracks and all of that is very very fun to me. Uh, what monster did you just come back from fighting? So us three being sent out to Washington State to potentially. Uh, investigate a Sasquatch sighting. Um, but as we began our investigation and we s- eventually found out, uh, it was not a Sasquatch. Uh, it was just some oversized bear. Uh, <laughs> just imagine your normal... Uh, I'd have to look up if it's brown or black bears or native up there. I don't know. <laughs> but it was just like slightly bigger. It was maybe like a foot or two taller. It, maybe it posed some slight threat. I guess it had a taste for human flesh, but really not that big of a deal. The local authorities could have dealt with it. I'd rather be on the East Coast uh, <laughs> reinvestigating the Salem witch incident that mm. I still believe uh, is unresolved. There are still dozens of witches uh, roaming unchecked in Salem that I would very much like to take care of myself. Um, but as you mentioned before, Hank has had me busy elsewhere, almost intentionally away from the East Coast. Right. Uh, investigating other incidents. Right. Um, and so you're thinking back on that when you happen to walk through the kitchen area of the bunker, the kind of break room, if you will. Ooh. Uh, and you come across Hank, who is in the middle of looking at a screen that's in one hand and eating a sandwich that he has crafted on the countertop. He's eating it like off of a paper towel kind of thing, you know. Because um, okay. he's he's not gonna take it back to his lab. He's just gonna eat it real quick and then no, you don't need a dirtier plate for that. Exactly, you just make it right on exactly. a right on a piece of paper towel and right. just eat it there. Yeah, so efficient. You you find him there and he's kind of chowing down, occasionally putting down the sandwich long enough to pick up a mug of coffee, um, and you know take a sip or two. He's you know parsing through all this data and kind of you know clearly going crazy. You know with this little screen that's in front of him. And that's when he looks up and notices you, and he, you know, quickly puts it down and kind of uh, brushes himself off a little bit of crumbs, and he says, Lucy, hey, um, how'd, how'd the mission go? Uh, we found your Sasquatch. It was nothing but an oversized bear. Maybe a foot or two bigger than normal bear, but it, a bear nevertheless. Oh, damn. I was really hoping that I finally found that son of a bitch. 
he's been eluding me for a long time and well i mean i can't say that i obviously i've dealt with him before it you know it's it's neither here nor there that's all in the past i just feel like i i just feel like there's something missing there but it, it's no matter you guys handle it okay i guess well of course we killed it oh no traces of any other ones okay simple. how did uh how did buck feel about that well, under normal senses, maybe we didn't have to kill it, but it already killed at least two or three people. I, we, we, mm. Our investigations were, were cut short. He killed maybe two or three people, but nevertheless, he was in the process of trying to kill another. So, as you can imagine, it didn't, it didn't finish kindly. I see. Um, well, I, uh, I guess that's a shame, but I guess it also makes, makes sense. Um... All right. Well, you know, I'm just checking in on 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 Buck because, uh, uh, you know, there was just there was um, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter. There was yeah, there was just this little situation a couple weeks ago with him, and uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure he was kind of feeling back to being ready out on the field, and you know what I mean, like just to be. Uh, I guess I'm not really doing a great job at discussing this, but I, I hope you get the point. Well, one way or another, it had to be taken out of this world. Sure, the apocalypse sure. apocalypse brought it here, and it's my job to remove it. Right, right. Um, well, anyway, uh, I'm glad that y'all took care of it, and I'm glad that, you know, you seem to be fine. Don't seem to be needing any kind of, you know, healing or extra help or anything. Uh, you know, I, there's there's no new missions out or, you know, going on right now, so... Uh, I guess you can take a long-deserved rest if you'd like. Um, but before before you go, I I know that I've asked you this question before, but I I I just feel like maybe sometimes it's a matter of giving you a little bit of time to think about things, and maybe something will shake loose. Um, uh, this guy that you met up in up in Massachusetts, this John guy. I feel like, I mean, I don't know, there's nothing else that you can tell me about him? Nothing but I'd feel better when he's dead. Yeah, I I do, well, you know, I do suppose I kind of feel the same way, I just... He practices the dark arts. Right, but, yeah, you... The thing is, your description of him just sounds... He, He never said anything like, I don't know, weird to you or anything? Well, I'd argue he said a lot of weird things. He knew things. He knew things that you wouldn't expect the average human to know. It brings up the question of how is this information getting distributed? Who's teaching these these rituals and, and arts to these people? What, what do you mean he knew things that most people sh- wouldn't or shouldn't? Well, that you know, him and many others in that town have access to information that should be prohibited. That only causes more abnormalities. There's uh, there's nothing good about it. Okay, well, I, I do need to kind of stress this again. He is not... Sorry, he and the witches are not... You know, they're not the same. They're not one and the same. I just... I, I have... Okay, uh, maybe that's a bold assumption or whatever, but my point is, is that like, from what I know of him, he seems to get his power from an entirely different place and just... This feels kind of like a horse of another color, you know what I'm saying? It sounds like you're talking about on a moral basis. They might not be cut from the same cloth. But nevertheless, they're abnormalities. They shouldn't be here. They they tip this planet towards the apocalypse, towards chaos and destruction. You say that with a little bit of heat there, Lucy. Um, you say that almost as if that was not necessarily about them. Is there something that you would like to discuss? If you're alluding to your sense of morality, yes, at some point I would like to discuss that, because there are certain persons and certain people that you've recruited, you've brought here, you're keeping unrestricted, you're allowing them to walk around in the same space that we do, and yet they're the people that are deliberately causing what we are fighting. Okay, now I realize things might be a little different for you from back from when, whenever you're actually from, but... Here in our, in the year of our Lord Luigi, in the year of 2020, uh, what you just said is what we would call racist. Uh, just because someone is of a different creed rather than a human, or perhaps a divine, 
uh, does not mean that they are necessarily aiming to bring on the destruction of well of everything i mean you know i mean look at me lucy we've i've been an open book for the most part with you i mean there's obviously some stuff that i just can't feel like i can talk about these days but there are things that i did back in the day that clearly probably is part of what moved us in this direction to begin with and i'm trying to fix that now but just because someone is one way or looks one way does not necessarily mean that they are here to destroy us i you know i you've been around well i've kind of tried to keep you away from noctis to begin with but you know you've been around Allie and natalie enough now to know that there's more to them than meets the eye there's more to them than just this sort of well i guess what you're calling a moral discrepancy or some sort of moral challenge or i don't know how you're calling them but you know they're not they are not your enemy i understand your viewpoint and i i sympathize with how you care for these people that have not wronged you in any way but it's not that simple from my viewpoint and it's not what i was sent here to do my job is very simple my job is to prevent the apocalypse and the apocalypse is in motion because of people like them. It's nothing that they've deliberately incurred. It's nothing that they're potentially actively contributing towards, but it's just the state of your world. It is shifting out of balance. It is going in a direction that leads to chaos and destruction. And the only way to prevent that is to remove them from this plane. This is a challenging conversation here, Lucy. I, I don't know quite how to respond to that. I mean, if you if you want to think about it, you're not exactly of this plane either. How do we all know, as, you know, human beings, how do we know that your kind isn't the reason that the apocalypse is coming? It might be at this point that Lucy, I guess... Uh, when, when, when she went into the break room, maybe she was going to get, um, just get water. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's all she basically drinks. Uh, but she does like to drink hot water when it, when other right, drink that's right. I forgot so that she that. can pretend yeah. that she's, yeah. So she can pretend that she's, uh, socializing or, or, or participating in the norm. Um, and by this point, I, I, I'm assuming she's probably poured herself a glass and she's in the process of drinking it. But at this right. point, she's probably starting to shake and, um, responds with something along the lines of like um like hank you are a person with good morals you are a good person and i've worked with good people before and i've worked with pragmatic people before and the good people well they die and the people around them die and ultimately their planets die Pragmatic people are evil. <laughs> if anything, she starts laughing to herself from a moral standpoint. But they live to see another day. They, they make it through the apocalypse. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but my job is simple. And that's what leads me to be pragmatic instead of good. Lucy, I... Oh, God. I think that... I mean, look. I gotta try it. I'm gonna try this again. Yeah. Lucy, don't get me wrong. It's nice to hear someone for... Honestly, maybe for the first time in my life, to hear someone say that I'm a good person. To hear that I'm you know, one of the good guys or whatever you want to say, but I think that this might just be a situation of you're looking through the rose-colored stained glass here, and things aren't quite always as black and white as you seem to be making them out, and some things are just, they go beyond what we're talking about. There are... I never intended to have this many people in this bunker. I never meant to have a, a team, really, even to begin with. I really thought I could fix all this on my own, and 
then Buck got involved, and then, you know, we ended up getting you involved, and for a while that worked. But, I mean, could you imagine us doing this, all of this, if it was just the three of us still? These people came kind of right at the time that we needed them, and even though I feel bad for involving some of them, I just... There's, I feel as if there's something bigger at play here. Well, ultimately, I'm subservient to you. I follow your lead. I take your orders. I don't necessarily choose to work, but I happen to work with people that you choose to work with. But for the time being, I'm contractually obligated to stay put. But let it be known that I hold the grounds to terminate our contract if I deem your methods to be potentially dangerous to the survival of this planet. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.